The title of today's message, the theme for our time together today is, it's been a while. Yep, it's been a while. Hasn't it been a while for you? I know it's been a while for me. It's been a while since I've gone out. It's been a while since I've done this or that. For some of us, it's been a while since we've been on a date. It's been a while since we've had a house to ourselves. It's been a while since we've been at the office. It's been a while since we've done a whole bunch of things. Think about the thing that you have not done for quite some time, and you miss it. I mean, you just miss it. You just can't wait to get back in the flow. You can't wait to be able to do that Thing again, whether it's going on a bike ride or whether it's hanging out with friends or whether it's a cookout or whether it's a shoot a wedding you want to go to, who knows what it might be. It's been a while for a bunch of us and we're going to look at this passive scripture today and we're going to see how it's been a while is not just something we're dealing with today, but it's something people have been dealing with in the Bible for quite some time. Turn with me if you have your Bibles to the book of Genesis. Genesis, and we're going to start reading in chapter 25, Genesis chapter 25, I'm going to begin reading in verse number 19, it says, this is the account of the family line of Abraham's son, Isaac. Now there's a whole bunch that's being said right there, even in this verse, it seems a little bit, I don't know, insignificant. Those of you who might have been around for church for a while, you'll know that that Isaac was a son that was almost killed. And now we see somebody that almost died years ago is about to be a part of the legacy and the lineage of bringing the savior of the world into the world. So I just want to give encouragement, real quick encouragement to those of you who have almost died or felt like you almost died, just so you know, since you're not dead, that means God's not done. Since you're not dead, that means God's not done. He's got some things he wants to do on the inside of you, but that's not, that's not what we're talking about today. That's not what we're talking about. Genesis chapter 19, I mean chapter 25, verse number 19. This is the account of the family line of Abraham's son, Isaac. Now, if you skip down, oh, let's go to verse 21-ish. How about that? Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. The Lord answered his prayer, and his wife, Rebecca, became pregnant. Quick side notes to the husbands out there and to those single guys that want to be husbands one day. Hey, remember to pray for your wife. Remember to cover her. Remember to support her. Remember to ask God to do the things in her life that she even wants God to do in her life and make all the difference in your marriage. But the babies, uh, so, so the Lord answered his prayer, and his wife became pregnant. The babies jostled each other within her. And she said, why is this happening to me? She's got some babies in there and they're battling. It's like they're, they're fighting. My wife and I, we've got three kids. And for those parents who know, you don't, those parents who don't have perfect angel kids all the time, like my wife and I, we've got great kids, but they're not perfect. And neither do they have perfect parents. But man, you know about this jostling. You know about, he touched me. She touched me. He's looking at me. He's looking at me. She said this. He did that. They went there. And you know, this, I used to have an afro. I have since pulled out my hair since we have all been locked in the house together. 
the jostling, going back and forth. She can feel like there's a war going on on the inside of her. She feels like something's happening on the inside of me. Uh, and she's trying to figure out what is going on here. So she goes to God in prayer. If you're ever confused about something that might be conflicted on the inside of you, this is the place to go. You go to God in prayer and she goes and prays. And this is what God says to her. She inquired of the Lord. The Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb and two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. I, I, I'm reading this passage of scripture here, and it's setting us up. Setting us up for an epic story. Setting it up for those who are screenwriters, those of us who are artists, those of us who are creatives. I'm telling you, there is so much emotion. There's a movie in the text that we're about to see. And when you and I are reading the Bible, it's not just like these black letters on a white page. No, my friend, it's their story, but it's also our story. There are two brothers that are about to come into this world. And when they come into this world, they're already battling in the womb. Matter of fact, when the oldest son comes out, the younger brother is grabbing on to his heel. Esau comes out first, but Jacob, the baby, is holding on to his heel. Jacob actually means like heel grabber, essentially. It becomes an idiom a whole lot later, meaning deceiver, and we're going to talk about that in a while, but one brother comes out. The other twin brother is holding his ankle. These two sons come out. The older one is supposed to be the one that gets the blessing. We find out that the the younger one is actually going to be the one running things. And how he gets there, this is Shakespearean kind of stuff. This is the stuff they talk about in movies. This is you and I would go to a theater to see what's going to happen here. Genesis chapter 27. Go with me. Genesis chapter 27. Oh, why am I so excited already? Genesis 27, when Isaac was old, so years have passed. The babies have been born, they've grown up. Now Isaac is old, the father is old. The one that was gonna die all those years ago but ended up now having these kids, he's old. His eyes are, were, were weak so that he could no longer see. See, his vision is being impacted. Not just, uh, I would maybe say, maybe not just his physical vision but maybe even a spiritual vision was being impacted. Maybe some of you, you're feeling like your eyes have grown weak in this time. Time, and he's about to do something that he does not want to do, but he doesn't know that he's doing it because his eyes have grown weak. He's gotten a little bit, his, his eyes have gotten a little bit dim. And maybe you, maybe you have been thinking about doing some things and making some decisions that you would not normally make if your eyes were strong. So I'm praying strength back to your eyes right now. I'm praying that you would see again. I'm praying that the relationship that you think is good for you right now, but really deep in your womb, you know it's not good for you. I'm praying strength comes back to your eyes. I'm praying that you'll see clearly what God wants to do in your life. I'm praying that you wouldn't quit. I'm praying that you wouldn't stop. I'm praying that you wouldn't throw in the towel. The only reason you're thinking about doing that now is because your eyes have gotten a little bit weak. So here, when Isaac was old, his eyes were so weak that he could no longer see. He called for Esau, his older son. He said to him, my son, I, I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you, son, because I'm about to die. 
since I'm, up, and since I'm about to die, I want to bless you. I want to put my hands on you and bless you. I want to give you what's rightfully yours. You're my oldest son, and there's something that's supposed to be yours, and I want to give it to you. You can read the rest of the story uh, or the earlier parts of the story, but you'll find out that Isaac had an affinity towards Esau, but his wife Rebekah had an affinity toward the younger one, Jacob. But, but now here's Isaac and he's saying, hey son, come here. I'm old. I'm about to die. It is time for me to bless you. And what happens next is crazy. It's crazy. The mom overhears this, okay? So the mom's in the other room. She overhears what the father says to the older son. And she's like, uh-uh, no, uh-uh, uh He's not getting a blessing. My baby's getting a blessing. I'm giving the blessing to my, my little one. So Esau, the older one, heads out to go catch or kill an animal. He's going to cook it and bring it back to his father. They're gonna have a meal together and the father's going to bless him. But Rebecca, the mom says, I don't want that to happen. I don't want my older son to get the blessing. I want my younger son to get the blessing. So now you've got the infighting. Do you have any of this in your family? Do you have any people trying to stab each other in the back? Do you have any people trying to work against each other? Do you have any folks that you're saying, hey, I wish we could all come over together, but you know you can't invite that person when this other person's gonna come because so much drama is going to happen? Do you have any friendships like this? Do you have one person that you know, if I invite them to the party, then I can't invite this other person to the party and there's all this drama around it. Their family is just like your family. The mom goes over to the younger son and says, hey, come here. I want you to go to your brother's closet, get some of his clothes. Yep, get some of his clothes, put them on. Because he's about to bless your your older brother, but I don't want him to bless your older brother. I want him to bless you. So put on some of his clothes so you smell like him. And then the, brother, the younger brother, Jacob's like, no, no, my skin is smooth, but my brother is hairy. She goes, boy, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. I got that covered. And she goes and she takes some hair and she puts it on his neck and puts it on his arms. Then she goes and prepares a meal and she gives it to her younger son, Jacob. And she's like, okay, now go in there. Go in there. Go talk to your father and get that blessing. And he's like, wait, what? Are you serious? So now here he is wearing clothes that aren't his, put some fake skin on that's not his. He has a meal that's not his. All of this is deception. And here he is going to walk in to his dad. Hey, Dad, how are you doing? And the dad's like, I can't see, but I can hear. Something doesn't seem right here. And he's kind of feeling around and smelling and talking to him. He goes, man, you sound, you sound like Jacob, but you're saying you're Esau. You sound like my younger son, but you're saying something else. Do you have anything going on in your life right now? It's like, it's just not adding up quite right. It's like, hmm, they're telling me I should take this job, but something's just not adding up quite right. They're telling me, they're telling me their marriage is good, but I just don't feel right. I feel like something's going on with my friends. I feel like they're not telling me something. But he keeps lying. Manipulation, lying, deception. No, Dad, it's me. No, Dad, it's me. Okay, come here, come here. And he touches him. Starts to touch him. Then, look, look. I hope you're not bored by this because I'm loving this story right now. I'm loving this story. Oh, get there, get there. Oh, get there. Genesis 27. Uh, uh, verse, oh, where am I at? Verse 20. Three, I think. Yeah, verse, verse, verse uh, 23. 
He did not recognize him for his, his hands were hairy like those of his brother Esau, so he proceeded to bless him. The father says, are you really my son, Esau? Are you, are you, are you really him? I am, he replied. Then he said, my son, bring me, bring me some of the game to eat so that I may give you my blessing. Jacob brought it to him and he ate. And when he brought some wine and, and he drank, then the father said to him, come here, my son, and kiss me. So when he said, to, when he went to him and kissed him, when Isaac caught the smell, he caught the smell of his clothes. He said, okay, I guess it's him. It's not adding up, but I guess it's him. And then he gives him this blessing. Look at this. I speak this blessing over you. He says, ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. It smells like fried chicken and collard greens. It smells like mac and cheese. It smells like edamame. I don't know. It smells like sushi. It smells, it just smells amazing. I'm so excited. It smells like Thai food. It smells amazing. It smells like carne asada. It smells amazing. May God give you heaven's dew and earth's riches and abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you and people bow down to you. Uh, be Lord over your brothers. And may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed and those who bless you be blessed. I mean, he gives him a ridiculous blessing. Remember, the whole time he's lying. The whole time he's deceiving. The whole time he and his mother have put this whole thing together and in verse 30 after Isaac finished blessing him and Jacob had scarcely left his father's presence so he's like gone yeah I left but I'm back he's gone he's like oh my gosh I got that blessing I'm out of there. And just that moment, just that moment when he leaves, Esau comes in. Esau walks in. Now Esau's been out hunting. Esau has cooked this meal. Esau is ready for this moment with his father. And he walks into the room. And when he walks into the room, oh man. Dad, I'm here. His father, Isaac, asked him, who are you? I'm your son, he answered, your firstborn son, Esau. Now, verse 33, feel this. Isaac trembled violently. And he said, who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? I, I, I ate it just before you came in and I blessed him. And, and indeed, he will be blessed. You see, he's, he's upset. He can't see. He's, he's old now and he's, he's now feeling like somebody deceived him, like somebody took advantage of him. He's, he violently insists. He's like, what just happened to me? Who did this to me? Who would lie to me like this? He doesn't know his own wife and his own son, they deceived him. And Esau now is stuck, and he's got this food, and he went and hunted, and he's supposed to get this blessing. And he's like, Dad, Dad, it's okay. Dad, you can still bless me. And the father says, I'm sorry. I, I, can't, I can't give you the blessing that I already gave to somebody else. I, I've already passed it on. It's over. The, the moment's done. And he's like, Dad, no, no, you, you, can't, you're, you can't be telling me the truth. Dad, I, I, need, I need this blessing. I, I want this blessing. I, I deserve this blessing. God, don't you know what I've been doing for you? God, don't you know all the time I've been putting in? Don't you know all the prayers? 
prayers that I've prayed? Don't you know all the life that I've been through? Don't you know all the bruises and the punches I've taken through life? You can't tell me now that you're turning me away. I need this, God. So you saw his feet. You felt this. You felt this. And if you haven't felt it, you just haven't lived long enough yet. There'll be a time that your, your mind and your heart will want to praise him, but you won't even have the strength to lift your hands because it seems like life is not fair. Things aren't going the way that you want them to go. Esau here has gotten the short end of the stick. He feels again. He's ticked off. He's hurt. He's angry. He's sad. He's frustrated. Does anybody else feel any of that right now? Does anybody else feel a little bit of frustration? Does anybody else feel a little bit of angst? Does anybody else feel a little bit like... I remember meet the parents when he was he was sleeping, when everybody else was downstairs eating, and he comes down in his in his pajamas and everybody else is there at the table and he's like, what in the world? He's just like you just kind of stuck in your own skin. You can't get out. You feel so trapped at times. Esau's like, what in the world just happened to me? While my, my life seems to be falling apart right here in front of me. My brother did this to me. He says. Oh, man, he, it, gets, it gets real. Esau then goes and he says to his father, do you only have one more blessing, father? Just, just bless me too, my father. Esau wept aloud. and Verse 41, Esau held a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing his father had given him. And he said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are near. When he dies, I'm going to kill my brother. I'm going to kill him. He took what was mine. He took what was mine. Some of you, uh, you planned a big wedding during the season. It's like COVID took what was mine. Had a business that was just getting off the ground. This whole shutdown took what was mine. Had some momentum in your marriage. Then you're at home and you got to start talking about things that you haven't talked about for years and around somebody you haven't been around this much in years. And it's like it's taking joy and taking unity. It's taking what was mine. Things were not this bad before and they just went from bad to worse. They went from good to bad. It took what was mine. I'm angry. I'm angry. Esau's angry. He's, he's upset. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. This is a little too intense for some of you. I apologize. I'm just trying to get, help you to feel the story. I'm just trying to help you to feel what was going on here. I don't want it just to be black letters on a white page. I want you to feel the story here. He is so angry. Years passed by, a bunch of years. Not two years. Not five years. Not 10 years. 15, 20 odd years pass. The brothers don't talk. Jacob actually runs away. He flees. 
They're separated for years. They both begin to live their lives separately. There's no Facebook. There's no Instagram. There's a separation. And all Jacob knows is I stole something from my brother. But a day is coming when Jacob is going to have to go home. He's going to have to re-enter. He's going to have to go back to where he came from. And how Jacob re-enters, how he comes back in to his family when it's been a while, I think there are four things here, four things I want to give you in the next seven to ten minutes that I think we can learn from Jacob and can help us to, to re-enter. Well, go with me to chapter 33. We, we skip over a bunch of life there. A bunch of life happens in verse number one. Jacob looked up and there was Esau. Jacob, remember, is the one that deceived him and his older brother. Years have passed. There's Esau. And he's coming with 400 of his men. Skip down with me to verse number three. Jacob, he himself went on ahead and he bowed down to the ground seven times as he approached his brother. Seven times he bowed down to his brother. He bowed down. How does Jacob choose to re-enter? I want, this is the first point. Choose your posture when you re-enter. You got to choose your posture. Jacob chose his posture to be a humble posture. He didn't come in like, hey, this is my stuff. This is my land. I, I, I got the blessing. He didn't come in like that. He came in humble. He came in yielding. That's how he chose to come in. In this next season, can I just say this? You got to choose your posture. You got to choose how you're going to enter in to this next season. Matter of fact, let me ask you the question. How will you enter this next season? Why don't you go ahead and answer that in the chat? Answer that in the comments. How will you come into this next season? Are you going to enter this next season afraid? Are you going to enter this next season intimidated? Are you going to choose to enter this next season with your arms folded and with your back to everyone and closed off and guarded? No, my friends, I, I want to encourage you. Don't go into this next season like that. I want to I encourage you to re-enter with faith. I want to I encourage you to re-enter with a posture of hope. I want to I encourage you to re-enter with a posture that this is the land that God has called me to own, and I'm going to own it. I want to I encourage you to enter this next season with your head held high and your shoulders back. Don't enter this next season, oh, weak and, oh, God, and I don't know, and I'm so afraid. No, 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 you get to choose your posture. You get to choose it. You see, um, most of us didn't get to choose when we went into hiding. We didn't get to choose that. But we all, all of us get to choose how we will come out. You, get to, you didn't get to choose how you went in, but you get to choose how you come out. And I'm just saying right now, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we're coming in with a spirit of faith. As for me and my house, we're coming in with hope. As for me and my house, we're coming in with life. As for me and my house, we're coming in with joy. Because that's our, our identity that we now have in Jesus Christ. So it is not the economy that dictates my joy. It is not what's going on in the world that dictates my joy. And yes, I've cried some tears. And yes, I've been frustrated. But what stands above all of my frustration and all of my fears is the glorious cross of Jesus Christ. And in his death, burial, and resurrection, 
he defeated everything and he is lifted high above all. And he says, son, daughter, you're seated with me in the heavenly realm. So I'm trying to remember my identity in him, not the identity that I have just in this world. I am above what I am walking through right now because I'm seated with my king. And so are you. Choose your posture. Choose it. Don't let your job choose your posture. Don't let your neighbors choose your posture. Don't let the government choose your posture. Don't let the news media choose your posture. You choose your posture based on your identity in Jesus Christ. Jacob came in. He chose it. Bow down. But that's not all. I'm not, I'm not going to talk about this one much. You can talk about it later. I'll just throw this at you. In verse number 11, I believe it is. He brought gifts. He says, please accept the present that was brought to you. For God has been gracious to me, and I have all I need. For this next season, I see Jacob, he, uh, he brought presents. I want to encourage you to bring presents too. I want to encourage you to bring your gifts, to bring the things that God has put on the inside of you. I want you to bring those and bring hope and life to those who are around you but I'm not gonna talk about that one too long, okay? I, always, I think it's better to give gifts than, be, to, than to be looking for a gift. I think it's better for you and I to be looking to lay down our lives than it is to be looking for everybody to lay down their, our lives for us. It's, it's fascinating how as followers of Jesus, we find our life when we give up our life. But I'm not gonna talk about that one too much. Third one, third one here. This is an important one. It's found verses 12 through 14. It's watch your pace. Watch your pace. Then Esau said, let us be on our way. It was a beautiful meeting. They came together, they hugged, they cried, they wept. Let, let us be on our way, I'll accompany you. But Jacob said to him, my Lord, my Lord knows that the children are tender and I must care for the ewes and cows that are nursing their young. They are driven hard just one day, all the animals will die. So, so let my Lord go on ahead of his servant. While I move along slowly, watch this, at the pace of the flocks and herds before me and the pace of the children. I, I, gotta, I gotta choose my pace wisely. Watch your pace, watch your pace. See, when you've been locked up for a while, you want to come in, gangbusters, haven't seen people, just want to jump in and start hugging everybody and want to just pick up where you, where you left off, but not all your relationships will be like that. Watch your pace, watch your pace. There's some people that have gone through some trauma during this time. Watch your pace. They not, might not be ready for all that you have to share. Watch your pace, watch your pace. There's some people that have been battling some things that they didn't know they were gonna be battling and you can't trust them with the same weight of emotion that you used to be able to trust them with. Watch your pace, watch your pace. You might wanna go this fast, but it might need to be this fast. Watch your pace. This is a leadership lesson here. For those of you who have teams, for those of you who have families, for those of you who have friends, you got to be tuned in to the voice of the Spirit to understand the pace with which you should be walking. Uh, sometimes you ought to run, and sometimes you ought to jog, and sometimes you ought to walk, and other times you ought to just sit. Watch your pace. 
You want to have some wise people around you to, to ask them, hey, hey, what, what, what was it like when you re-entered? What was it like when, when you went back to work? What was it like when you and your wife had some issues and then things started getting back on the same page? What was it like when you messed up and then she forgave you, uh, but, but did, you, did you just expect everything to go back to the way it was before or did you have to watch your pace, watch your pace? We have found too many times I've, I've counseled and connected with a lot of men and, and they've made some kind of bonehead decision in their marriage, whether it was pornography or maybe even adultery, or maybe they were just choosing their job over their spouse and they just, they had, they were committing adultery, but it wasn't sex. It ended up being them being married to some other thing. And, and they, there was some forgiveness that had to happen between them and their spouse. But they thought, well, since I asked for forgiveness, everything must be back to the way it was. But there was some trust that was broken and they're expecting the relationship to just kind of magically go back to normal, but they got to understand, I need you to watch your pace. I need you to be willing to be patient. Give that relationship some time to breathe. Watch your pace. Then lastly, lastly, oh man, lastly, say your praise. Verse number 19, for a hundred pieces of silver, he, Jacob, that deceiver, the one who lied and was reconciled to his brother, he bought from the sons of Hamor, the father of Shechem, the plot of ground where he pitched his tent. Verse 20, there he set up an altar and he called it El Elohe Israel. Like, wait, what, what does that mean? But what, what, why is that important? You see, it, this, this word, El Elohe Israel, it means like uh, mighty is the God of Israel or like God is the God of Israel. I want you to see the progression. He's been reconciled to his brother. He's bowed down. He's brought presents. He's watched his pace. Then he sits down after he's bought a piece of land and he's pitched his tent he sits down and he's like, look at God. Look at God. You ever heard that phrase? Look at God. It's like when, when something happens in your life that's positive, you, you go, look at God. If you never heard it, take it on. L look at God. He's sitting there and he's just like, wait, what? I was estranged from my family for years. And here I am now reconciled to my brother and I've got, I've got all of these blessings and I've got land that I own and I've got a tent over my head and my brother, I'm looking at him and he's blessed too and I, I've got wife and, and kids and whoo! Look at God. I, I like that he set up an altar right there. It's like after everything got settled, he set up an altar and he named that thing. And in that spot, he said, I'm going to praise. Oh, man, my friends, for the next two minutes, can I just encourage you to let out of your mouth what God has been doing in your life? Can I just encourage you to say out of your mouth and declare the goodness and the grace and the power and the love? How good has 
has God been in your life? How faithful has he been in your life? How many times has he carried you through? How many times has he picked you up? How many times did he keep you and I in our right minds? How many times did God say, I'm not going to leave you lost and broken, but he carried you and sustained you and he did the same for me and you and I can sit with a roof over our head and be like, look at God. Had he not been on my side, I don't know where I'd be. I don't know if I'd be able to put one foot in front of the other. And even if I'm in a wheelchair right now, I don't know if I'd have the strength to even keep rolling forward. But I have food on my table and I've got ears with which to hear. And I've got eyes that I can use to see. And I've got a mouth that I need to use to praise God. I want to encourage us. I want to encourage us right now to begin to just thank God. Matter of fact, let me go ahead and just encourage you. Put it on your Facebook. Put it on Instagram. I don't even, can I do a Hashtag, can I do a hashtag, look at God? Maybe you get on there, hashtag, look at God. And you're like, this is what the Lord has done for me. He kept me in my right mind. He's been faithful to me. I wanted to give up, but he kept giving me grace and strength. I cried many tears, but he has been faithful. I've got a job, or I lost my job, but I still got my mind. I, I don't have all the strength in my body that I want to have, but still I got faith to believe God for the impossible. I, don't, I can't read all the books I want to read, but at least I still have the word of God to hold on to. Hey, I don't have all that I want to have, but I definitely am better off than I used to be. I did not know that God would bring me this far, but he did. So with a heart of gratitude, with a mouth filled with thanksgiving, I'm going to let everybody know, look at God. He has been faithful. He has been good. He has carried me. Look at God. I just see him sitting there. See him sitting there. See him sitting. Just see him sitting there. Sits back in his tent. Maybe the tent door is open and he can see the stars. He's like, I was afraid to come back here. Had so much uncertainty. Little did I know that God was preparing things ahead of time before I ever even got here. Look at God. Whatever uncertainty you may be feeling, insecurity, doubt, trepidation, I want you to know God already is where you're going to be. And he has the power to prepare a table before you, even in the presence of your enemies. And yeah, we got to walk through some junk sometimes. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? You can put an amen on that in the comments. <laughs> we got to walk through some junk. But I'm telling you, you'll be like Jacob. And there'll be a moment You'll be sitting there in your apartment or in your house or in your car, sitting there in your cubicle or your corner or office, walking across a graduation stage or maybe standing at an altar getting married. And you'll remember this hashtag. <laughs> you remember this man. 
You'll remember these words. Look at God. When you're holding your baby, when you're crying tears, when you're trusting God for miracles, look at God. I pray that your heart is encouraged. I pray that you and I choose our posture. I pray that we bring presence. I pray that we watch our pace, and I pray that we say our praise. Because this, my friends, I feel like it's a game plan for when it's been a while, how to enter or re-enter into the place that God has called us to. If you wouldn't mind, bow your heads for just a moment. Father, over every person who is watching this, every person who is under the sound of my voice, I pray that hope and life would fill all of our hearts. Whatever weights and concerns and fears might be holding us down right now, I thank you that your yoke is easy, your burden is light. I thank you that you're on our side and you have not forgotten about us. And for those right now, God, who have not yet surrendered their hearts to you, they, they're not followers of Jesus. But it's time for them to surrender. I pray in this moment, this would be the moment of salvation. If that's you, you've never given your heart to Christ, I just want you to say, yeah, that, that's me, that's me. God, have my heart. God, have my life. I don't want to go my own way anymore. I want to go your way. I want you to be in charge. And as we do that, friends, I'm trusting that God's going to do something great in all of our hearts and our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.